My iconic guest today is Antonio Barbosa. He is a realtor living in Portugal with more than 20 years experience in real estate. He will tell you that he doesn't sell homes. He actually fulfills lifestyle dreams. He's a charming man with the most disarming smile who makes friends wherever he goes. If you are not his friend, it's because he hasn't met you yet. He prides himself in being part of the decision of more than 500 families making Portugal their new home. In addition, he considers his biggest achievements in life are personal and business relationships that he's built that led to long-lasting friendships, not only with esteemed clients, but also among distinguished colleagues. He's happiest helping people find a home or a wealth investment property in Portugal or worldwide. His company's name is Infinite Solutions, and it's a perfect name because he's not problem-oriented. He's all about solutions. He's also a world traveler and foodie, so if you need a solution of where to go to dinner, on vacation, or where to buy your next lifestyle property, he's your person. He speaks fluent Portuguese, English, and Spanish. He's a proud member of FIABSI USA, as well as NAR, and holds CRS, CIPS, and ABR designations. Tony, welcome to our program today. We appreciate you coming on with us for Global Property Pros, and we've got a lot of questions to talk to you about as it relates to your business in Portugal. So, a lot of people currently, especially Americans, are moving to Portugal. Can you elaborate on some of the reasons why? Absolutely, you. You know, uh, I can give you over 100 reasons why Americans would uh, consider moving to Portugal and investing here, living here. But I'm going to leave you over just with these top five. And number one has to do with climate. Portugal has one uh, of over 3,300 hours of sunshine per year, making it one of the highest rates in Europe. Number two has to do with satisfaction. Um, 80% of the people who visit Portugal year after year come back and some do make it their permanent home. Number three has to do with uh, values and in terms of comparing to other European markets where it's one of the most affordable Western European countries. Number four has to do with the easiness of the visa processes, okay, and non-habitual resident status, benefiting from almost zero tax uh, for living here on their passive income. And no the number fifth reason, Hugh, safety. Portugal is one of the safest countries to live. And I'll leave it at these five for now. Okay, that's great. Thank you. When you were talking about cost of living, um, what is the cost of living like? What, what, what can you compare it to? Well, you know, anyone that chooses to live here and live comfortably, you don't know whether they're, if they're, even if they're renting a property, not even per se buying, but renting a property, each single person, they could live uh, comfortably by month. So if you have 2,000 euros per family or per, me per member of the family, so uh, easily to pay rent, uh, be affordable, because what's most affordable is all the basic necessities, you know, supermarkets, etc. You know, the splurges to the restaurants going out every single day, the cost of living is what makes it affordable for people to, to live here. Of course, if they have a car or other, other things living outside, then the, 
there are certain things that are a little more expensive, but the basic necessities, uh, living, housing, if you own your own home, then that's something else as well. But uh, those overall costs is very, one of the lowest of uh, uh, Western Europe. Cheap is not the word, but affordable. Affordable, that's right. And you do have quite a few retirees moving into Portugal. Is that correct? Yeah, that, that's the biggest group is the retirees, you know, because of the quality of life that they can get from their retirement pension, for example, their their dollar, their buck will go a lot further here. So th those are the biggest groups for sure, without a doubt. And uh, mostly in the lifestyle, what they're looking for, but also younger families. Now, you, we have uh, younger families with children uh, going to schools and, and being part. Uh, so it's just not retirees. It is the great deal in the most part, for sure. Well, thinking about retirees, let's go back to that one more time. A lot of retirees think about health care and what can they expect in the way of health care in Portugal? Well, that's uh, definitely that's the biggest why they choose. And that is because because of the cost of health care. One, Portugal has two different has a public health care system that once you are permanent resident here, you have all the same benefits of any Portuguese citizen. So going to the doctors, it's practically almost free, just paying a little tax on it. Uh, every time you go see a medical doctor, you go to the hospital, etc. Uh, even uh, low cost on medicine. Okay, so they being part of the public system, living here permanently, having residency status, they benefit from that. But even at that, if somebody wanted to get a private healthcare insurance, okay, and the level of quality of the the public system is great here by far, even even in Europe standards. Um, but in, in the private sector, if a family of, say, two uh, wanted to get, or even four, wanted to get private health insurance per year, per month, they would be paying around 150 to 160 euros a premium per month. And that's, you know, dental, that's, uh, you know, surgeries, just healthcare in general, all coverage for that. So that's definitely one of the big main reasons that uh, mostly retirees because of the age. And, you know, we know how expensive uh, healthcare costs are in the U.S. They're a fraction of that here in Portugal. You know, with, with people, younger families coming to Portugal, they're going to have children. And one major thought would be, what about education? What could they expect in the way of educational programs in Portugal? Well, they... they they can expect the public health care system as well, okay, or the public school system, uh, rather. Um, they can uh, uh, be part of that, okay, with no cost, okay, because they're, they're, again, permanent residency. They have all the benefits of any Portuguese citizen, and they're great top schools, even in the public system. And then also they can opt for a variety. I mean, it very, especially in the concentrated areas of Lisbon and Cascais, you have more of them, but also Porto or the Algarve, where a lot of expat communities, so there's a lot of international schools. And so if you can afford the private uh, uh, school education for your children, then, then definitely it is something to think about. And even the costs there are nothing compared to what it is in the U.S., for sure. You know, you're talking about a tuition on any normal... Um, a private education school like the St. James, the one that just comes to mind right now, you're looking at anywhere between uh, 12 to 15,000 euros per year as well. You know, so definitely you have quality education on the public side, but also, of course, you know, in the private sector. You know, in your intro, I said that you were a foodie. And so exactly what does that mean? You love food, don't you? <laughs> Tell me about food and wine in Portugal. 
you know, definitely, you know, I could tell you after living here more than 20 years, I put on a few pounds. Um, <laughs> it's just natural. It's, we have some, you know, Portugal has one of the longest coastlines of, um, of Europe for sure. So you have the prime materials of the fish. Also, if you have the meats, if you have just the, the vegetables, uh, any, any, all those prime materials, the quality, whether uh, um, less than that, even organic, etc., uh, the prime materials would make up that rich gastronomy culture in Portugal. By far, and our biggest national dish is bacalhau, the salted cod. And so um, you can have it 366 days a year. That is our national dish. When you talk about food and foodie, and when I said mention that satisfaction, once people visit Portugal and they try our gastronomy, they sample the food, they sample the wines and the wine culture, um, definitely they want to come back and have it more and more. I've been here 22 years and it's always, it's something that, you know, um, there's no shortage also of the, the rich uh, see, Portugal has a rich uh, um, multicultural diversity. So if you want to think of, you want to have Brazilian food or, or African food or Thai food or Chinese or any kind of uh, cuisine, there's, there's that as well. When you have the prime materials to make that rich uh, uh, dishes, then that adds to the uh, definitely the experience of the gastronomy experience here. <laughs> so where do expats want to move to well there's the majority the majority they concentrate around lisbon and cascais okay there's a lisbon uh, is is the capital of portugal and cascais is where you have it's like our riviera of portugal right the french riviera but we have the portuguese riviera and it's where the nobles you and the, the aristocracy used to have their holiday homes beautiful palatial homes grown areas that's also the concentration of more word jobs tech companies, et cetera. So people even uh, moving here to work, not only retirees, lots of golf communities around there as well. And of course, the city life, you know, you have the easiness of just getting around the uh, very simple without a car, train, bus, metro, you have all that. And that's where most people, the Algarve is also a great uh, expat communities that are there. And then Porto as well. And then in between, you have areas like the Silver Coast or the Nino that are still undiscovered. But again, that's uh, more people. But any corner you go, any village you go, people do speak English. The high level of education uh, for people that when they start uh, school where it's mandatory, for example, up until the sixth grade, you've got to learn English. So there, there's not going to be a shortage of you listening to someone speaking English. So usually they tend to go where they are, right? In the communities and they want to feel more comfortable around being other Americans or other expats uh, throughout. So those are the biggest, uh, which is Lisbon, Cascais, Algarve, and Porto, the three biggest areas. I, I see. So who is Portugal for? <laughs> well, Portugal is for definitely someone that wants to uh, enjoy quality of life, okay, low cost of living, and be safe. It's one of the safest countries. It's not an opinion. It's a fact. You could uh, Google it and see Global Peace Index and will be ranked. And so it's for people that want to have that quality of life. It's for retirees, uh, for sure. It's for even uh, nomad, digital nomads, okay, which big on the tech scene here. Uh, it's also for um, anybody that, uh, for example, families with children growing up. 
you know, we talk about sometimes people migrating all over the world. And from my own experiences, when we moved to the United States, people looked for those three things and it's safety, education and healthcare. And that's that's who it's for. If you're looking for that quality of life, that affordable cost of living, this is what Portugal can offer and paying little tax. That's something to think about because there's a, a definitely in the non-habitual resident status uh, and the tax regime that's applicable for anyone with passive income, such as retirees, for example, they definitely are. It's for them. Port, that is for them, for sure. So, Tony, what do I need to do to move to Portugal? Well, you, you can buy an airplane ticket. Moving, you could visit Portugal for up to 90 days at a time you know, as, a, as, a, as a tourist, as a Schengen visa, okay? And so you could stay. You have to leave the Schengen space, and then you can come back again for an up to 90 days. If you want to stay, and that's, that's a visa process. If you want to stay more than 90 days, you're going to need residency status. There's various visas to go through that, which is either the, the passive income visa, otherwise known as the D7 visa, and it is a process that starts in, uh, it has to be in the U.S. So wherever state that you live, you have to go to the uh, consulate service and uh, the consul that's uh, associated with that state. For example, like if you live in Las Vegas, you have to go to the San Francisco consulate services. And so and if you live in, you know, in, in uh, Florida, you have to go to New York uh, or actually D.C. There's, wherever you live, you, there's an assigned uh, uh, state that or a consulate service that will represent you. That's for the passive income visa. There's also the golden visa where somebody where the process starts here, okay, where somebody can buying a property investing. It's actually called the authorization for um, uh, residency through investment, ARI, authorization for residency through investment. And that is going to enable you to uh, stay in Portugal, Portugal and within the Schengen space and also any other visa process like for where I mentioned before with the passive income visa or otherwise known as a D7 visa uh, with the golden visa. Well, it permits you to travel within Europe, not just Portugal, freely for more than 90 days. Uh, the difference that the D7 visa and the golden visa is that with the D7 visa, you do have to stay in Portugal a uh, minimum 183 days in a calendar year. Whereas the golden visa, it's more flexible. You only have to spend seven days the first year and 14 days every subsequent year. So there's that advantage. Somebody that's not maybe ready to move to Portugal on a permanent basis yet. They're thinking of maybe getting their foot in the door. Their children are going to be going to a, a European university, etc. And so uh, they get their foot in the door with the uh, uh, golden visa process. But there is other visa processes. There's even a digital nomad visa now. So anybody that for one year can have that free transit. And so those are various. There's also entrepreneurial visas, work visas, um, et cetera. But we're talking about probably more people retiring. Those are the two, either the passive income visa, otherwise known as the D7 visa or the golden visa. Those are the two that uh, you start. And then you have residency status, right? And then you could travel freely within Portugal, within Europe. There's no limitation. Again, you just have to spend a minimum with the golden visa one year, seven days the first year, 14 days every subsequent year. And with the D7, 183 days. So if you're not ready to spend 183 days, but come on, with all the food, you and the wine and, and the museums and everything, and the sunshine, and that's free, you know, the sunshine here. And so you, you're definitely going to want to spend more than 183 days. So most likely the, the D7 visa is the right process for that. Tony, you've given us so much information and we really appreciate that. And I really 
thank you for being on the program today for Global Property Pros. I, it seems I recall you saying at one point in time that Portugal was the best kept secret in Europe. It was one of the best kept secrets, but it's it's out there. The secret's out there. <laughs> I think when, you know, after COVID and I it, probably when people were home and they were, you know, looking into uh, options, people are moving all around the world. And they were looking at options, solutions. When they started to discover Portugal, uh, the secret is out now for sure. Yeah. Listen, we appreciate you coming on today and being a part of the show. And the next time we get together, we would love to talk about Spain. Would you be willing to do that? Absolutely. You know, Spain are our neighbors here, nuestros hermanos, and uh, they have a rich culture as well, uh, not only in the food and real estate and, and in a lot of uh, uh, Americans as well, moving there as well. Uh, we could definitely uh, go into Spain as well. But keep Portugal in mind for That's sure. That's perfect. Thank you. Have a great evening. Thank you. you. Thank you.